Welcome, folks, to another edition of Def Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am one of your hosts this week, Mr. Chris Peterson, founder, editor in chief of Onstage Blog at OnStageBlog.com. Join with me is the world famous Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's going on, Chris? What's going on, people? I'm feeling world famous tonight. Woo! <laughs> feeling good. You're charged. You're, you're feeling good, man. I love it. I love fired it. You're, up. you're fired, fired up. up. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's, it's good to be it's good to be recording with you again. I took a week off because of everything going on in my life, which I'm going to talk about a little bit tonight because I got some some fun things to talk about. But um, it's been a crazy, hectic, busy summer for me. But I'm really glad to be recording with you, sir, uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who have never listened to this podcast before, welcome, welcome, welcome. What we like to do on this podcast is basically Ben and I bringing some interesting things that we have seen or witnessed or uh, absorbed, so to speak, in the world of entertainment uh, throughout the week. And we like to bring him to this podcast and talk about them. But I have no idea what Ben is bringing to the table, and he has no idea what I am bringing to the table. So all the reaction, the conversation, all of this is spontaneous. It's like you're hanging out with us for about an hour. You know, that's what, yeah. what it's like. So it's going to be a good time. Um, so Ben, I gotta be honest with you. It was a cool week for me, but a slow week for me. So I only have three things, but if you've got more, I'm just going to keep throwing it to you, my friend. So, uh, why not? So why All don't you right. kick, why don't you kick things off? Well, Chris, it's been a while since we've been together, you mm. know, literally and figuratively. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to, uh, get some reaction, uh, big news, uh, let's, let's bring it, let's bring it to this week. Uh, this week, Cam Newton came out with mm. the Patriots hype video with his crazy hair and black and white going nuts out there. You don't know what, what, what's inside Cam's head. I don't know what he was saying. He's talking in the third person, like George Costanza going nuts out there. Um, first of all, as a Jets fan, I just want to get your reaction of Cam going <laughs> to the Patriots because we haven't been able to talk about it at all. So what's going on? I mean, I'll be honest. The second that I saw that, like the news, like flash that he was going to the page. I said, I literally said out loud, "Of course he is." Like that's what I said. I was like, "Of course," because why? Why would that? Why would the Patriots get any other thing uh, than than Cam Newton? Um, I, I gotta be honest. As a Jets fan, I was elated that Tom Brady left the division, and then right. immediately like. All right, well, they're going to get at least one win uh, from the, the Jets. I mean, the Jets aren't going to sweep the uh, the season series, so right. to speak, against right, the Patriots. Right. Um, but I got to tell you, I mean, if you're a Pats fan, uh, you got to be excited, especially after watching that video. Uh, this guy has a chip on his shoulder the size of a boulder. Uh, I mean, I, I have another friend of mine, Ken, who is a huge uh, Patriots fan who right. who really was downplaying like the, the 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 signing he wasn't getting excited and he texted me right after that video he's like damn it i'm really excited for, for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah chris i mean i'm excited i mean i am really excited you've seen what Billichek. i mean we've all seen what Billichek can do with an aging quarterback that yep. can barely throw 30 yards like let's be honest the last super bowl they won was an s show you know what i mean 13 to 10 wherever it was terrible game um, I mean, I was happy as a Patriots fan, but everyone that was watching with me that day, terrible, horrible game. And freaking uh, now it is just to see someone like Cam Newton, a running quarterback, a big quarterback, someone that can stiff arm guys that are trying to tackle them, someone that can throw the ball. I, Chris, what are your predictions for the season with Cam? Mm, you know what? With it him, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with him, you can, you're going to get – I think you're going to get two things. I don't think you're going to get a mundane, like, nine and seven, he does okay type of year. It's either yeah. going to be, oh, my God, like, you know, but when we saw the return of, like, Mike Vick a couple years ago when he right. went off with the Eagles – I think you either get something like that, and then you get like a twelve and four Patriots team that you know winds up in the, the AFC Championship against the Chiefs, or it goes the complete opposite direction extremely, and you get like, oh, this guy is just he's done, and um, and that's it. I, I think the chances of that happening are like twenty percent, uh, as opposed to the other side. I mean, you got to factor in he's coming into probably the best coached team uh, in the league. Um, they have a, a winning system, um, but 
a guy like Cam, he has to buy into that. And the guys that buy into that in New England typically do really well, like the Randy Mosses of, of the world. So, right. um, yeah, it's just it's a nightmare combination if you're a Jets fan or a Bills fan or a Dolphins fan. I mean, I actually feel really for the Bills fans because I, I felt like they really felt like this was their time now. They're like, oh, yeah, like Brady's gone. We, we're a playoff you know, contending team. This is this is it, and then like Cam Cam shows up, um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting thing, and hopefully we get like the football season we all hope we're going to get. I mean that's that's yeah. the, the the dream of dreams, but um, yeah, I, yeah, as a Jets fan, you're just like of course. <laughs> I feel <laughs> now, like now here's a follow up question: like how did the rest of the league let this happen? That's my question. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks come and go. We've seen uh, Brissett leave. The Patriots, we've seen uh, – who, who's the guy who went to the 49ers from the Pats? Um, oh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo go. Traded, yeah, yeah. Right, and you're like, all right, those guys are pretty damn good. And then you see them play, and you're like, fuck, those guys are great. You know, they're sitting under Brady for a couple of years, but they're freaking great, and they're the leaders of their team. And you're like, all right, there's no way the rest of the league can sit on someone like Cam Newton. And listen, let's be realistic about Cam Newton. I mean, it's been a couple of years since he had a Cam season. But right. still, it's it's Cam Newton. Let's let's not. He's been injured for the past couple of years. So, I mean, we've they've had a ton of time off because it's the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> they've just been off the whole <laughs> postseason. So I don't know, man. If this guy comes back and he is it's seventy percent health, I think it's just going to be a shooting range out there. I mean, I think. We'll see like a 500 yard game here and there. I, 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 that's my prediction. I think you're just going to see, even if the Patriots are a shit show on defense and they give up a ton of runs, I think Cam's just going to go off. I think he's going to have like 500 yards, like a game. I I think he's going to be like, I think he's elevated quite high in fantasy perspective as far as, or prospectus as far as like quarterbacks. I think he's going to jump quite a bit. I think he's going to be the hot Mm. ticket. I mean, as long as they've got guys that can catch the ball. I mean, I know that was a concern last year with really having, you know, a, a, a strong receiving core, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to be fine. Like, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And, and I'll be honest, I don't think I don't think Brady's going to have a great season in Tampa. I really don't. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, this was I made a terrible mistake. Like one of those. Well, things. I mean, I mean that happens towards you know they all become journeymen. You know, Brett Favre to the Jets or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but then you would see flashes of brilliance. You'd have a six touchdown game here and there. You know what I mean? Like so. I think that'll be like that. I think, you know, the team might lose, but Brady will have some great games in there. That's what yeah. I think is going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, we'll he has some receivers down there. Don't get me wrong. He's got he's, some oh great man, tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got two lights-out receivers. A great. I mean, yeah. now he's got Gronk back. I mean, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really – I'm just really interested yeah. in, in this in this football season uh, so for, Chris, for a lot of things. So, Chris, go back to the question. So – are the other teams in the NFL smart for letting Cam go to the Patriots or wicked dumb? <laughs> well, you know, when you think about it, there were there were probably a handful of teams that would have realistically signed him. Um, I think Cam played this perfectly. And I think it's more him than the teams. I think early on, maybe he was letting his agent know, like, look, I don't, I don't want to go play it in, you know. Um, Cleveland or something. Cle- like yeah, like Cincinnati or something like Get that. Killed. I don't wanna, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to He's like, right. he's like so, so, so I think he had his agent tell those teams, like, look, Cam wants 20 million or something like something ridiculous where the team's like, we're not going to give this guy 20 right. million. And then no, as soon call. as those, exactly. Yeah, as totally. soon as those guys clear the field, and the Patriots come calling. He's like, "Look, I'll, I'll whatever you guys want to do. Let's do it." You know? so, yeah. If it's reasonable, I'm signing. Yeah, Where's the paper? I mean, right? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant stroke uh, on his part. So, uh, and it's one of those things where, like, li- literally, like he could not have landed in a better situation. Um, because I mean, I, I think there is, as a you know, I think Patriots fans certainly have a certain level of expectation. But look. Tom Brady just left. You you won six Super Bowls. You know if if the Patriots go eleven and five and and you know lose in the first round of the playoff, I don't think a single Patriots fan is going to look at that season as a, as a disappointment or a no. bust in any no. way, shape, or form. I so, was ready for I was ready for like four year, five year rebuild. You know what I mean? Wait for a good right. rookie quarterback. I was ready for that. Like I'm like 
I'll enjoy, you know, football is one of those sports. I'll watch any team. You know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> baseball where I'm going to just watch the Sox pretty much. But mm-hmm. it's like baseball or football. I can just flip around the package or the ticket and just watch all of them. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, I, I don't know. I think it's a steal. <laughs> I, Definitely, I, it's a. I mean, one point seven million. I think was the actual terms, and then it's incentive laden. I mean, it's it's a steal. It's ridiculous. It's a steal. And then some, <laughs> another quarterback just got five hundred million dollars. That's a steal. It's a it's a steal. It's like yeah. It's like they literally stole a person. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we look back. Uh, on the, this uh, Patrick Mahomes contract, it's going to be one of the, the most genius contract situations I've ever seen. But for, for both parties, both for the, yeah. the the Chiefs and for him personally, because I mean he's just ugh, it's ridiculous. And and I think, yeah, I don't I don't think anything has changed since like two years ago or last year. I think Chiefs, are, yeah, since last year, I think Chiefs and Patriots are the AFC. Like period, oh, yeah. just not even close. It. It's it's like the rest of the teams are down here and they're up here. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Way to kick things off. Um, so for my first pick this week, this is literally um, news breaking today on July 15th, literally an hour ago. Um, I found this out. Ben, did you see that they have announced that they are going to remake the movie Fletch? No. I, I mean, I listened to the rewatchable. I've seen Fletch. Yep. I was – all right. Now, listen. Just before you 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 tell the whole story – I was all jazzed in the late 90s when Kevin Smith was going to make it with Jason Lee. Uh, that's probably not the news you're going to tell me, but I was jazzed for that. But, Chris, what's the story? So they announced today that they are planning on remaking Fletch with John Hamm as the title character, directed by Greg Martolo, who is best known for Superbad. So That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm hearing on paper that's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. That's um, pretty good, dude. All right. All right I'm in. <laughs> all right, I'm in. I, you know, I went from pretty good to I'm all in. I mean, you're all John in. All Hamm, in. Day one. Oh, because John Hamm, you need someone like that. Like, like Chevy, that's dashing, good looking dude, tall yep. man, but he could still bring the funny. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, God, and I'm cool. reading that this it's going to be different than the original Fletch in terms of it's going to be, I guess, uh, cl- follows closer to what the actual book was like. I guess. Um, yeah. I've never I've never read the book to be honest, so I don't know. I, but I've heard, you know, I've, I've I haven't either, but I heard that it's more serious than anything. You know, mm. the, the things that we see in the movie are just Chevy kind of like riffing and be doing improv on set. So you know, it's it's I I don't know, man. It's pretty good. I mean, I, I I'm all for it. So, but I think you know that it speaks to you know this was a movie that I know it has a, a fandom, but I've never seen anybody refer to Fletch as like this holy grail of filmmaking. It's like, you don't, you don't touch that, so to speak. So I think, I think most people would probably be okay with, with this film, so to speak, this remake. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of properties out there. You know, we have the uh, Villanueva uh, Dune coming out and we have a bunch of properties that have just kind of sat in like, kind of like holding hell. You know yeah. what I mean? That like mm-hmm. they were made a while ago, you know, and Fletch really hasn't aged well. There's a lot of like dated jokes and stuff like that that are just like, like, it's kind of funny. It's funny for people like us that are old like us, you know, let's just put mm. it out there. Um, but, you know, if like Deacon wouldn't understand Fletch, you think like a kid would understand, you know what I mean? Like a kid's right. just going to go, like, what, what the hell is this? You know, um, I think there's a lot of properties out there that are kind of have aged poorly as far as their film adaptations that deserve to get remake. And you know what? This one is one of them. I was just reading an article about uh, brave new world. Chris, did you read brave new world in, in school? I did. Yeah. Um, you know, and that they talked about how that's kind of sitting out there and why that's so hard to put to film. Like there was like mm-hmm. an eighties TV movie. There's a Leonard Nimoy one in the late nineties that they're just okay. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just this great property that's sitting there that, is a very dramatic cinematic novel that's like that everyone's read that everyone like knows and like kind of beloved definitely beloves that book and it's like uh, it just sits there so I, I think there's properties out there you know in this in this land of buying IPs and stuff like that I think there are properties that deserve to be bought and remade and you know we shit on the remakes on this uh, on this pod all the time but I don't know this one might be good well we'll see man we'll yeah. see all right what else you got all right all right what oh so couple uh new uh new shows that i've been watching mm-hmm. uh i checked out the new perry mason on hbo 
Oh yeah, I've saw I, I've seen yeah. commercials and I've seen it out there. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I think I'm three or four in. Um. I'm gonna give it a recommendation. Not a high recommendation, but a recommendation. I don't know where we're going yet, mm-hmm. but um, this is what I'm going to tell you. The best part of this show is HBO has this bullpen of middle reliever character actors that they enlist <laughs> and unleash on their shows. Do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. So if you watch, you know, True Detective, and then you go and watch. I don't know, uh, the the night it happened or whatever. Um, what, what was the name of the show? Uh, uh, the Night Of. The Night Of. Yep. You, you're going to see a lot of like carryover actors. You're going to be like, oh, that guy was this, this guy was this, or Boardwalk Empire actors. They're all amazing character actors. And I think that this show, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, this is my theory. It's Ben Frawley original. You know, brr, 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 Ben Frawley original. I didn't hear this anywhere. I'm just going to break this out right here live on air. You ready? I think HBO is just trying their best to cast shows without a debonair leading man. Now, Hmm. hear me out. Like, think of HBO shows for the past couple of years, right? There are hardly any Brad Pitt's, Leo's, George Clooney's, anyone that's like an A-lister, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one, you don't want to pay all that money, right? Right. (laughs) I get it. But like... I mean, the biggest A-lister that I could think of is Buscemi, but he's a character actor. You know what I mean? Buscemi is always Buscemi. It, mm-hmm. let's, you know, he's a character actor. And in this one, uh, Matthew Reese as Perry Mason, John Lithgow, um, you know, John Lithgow be, playing a character that he's playing a character in the show. Um, and there's just a bunch. If you look at the cast of this, there's just a bunch of people, a bunch of that guys. You know what I mean? People that yeah. you just know. And it's, you know, I think it, this, this whole trend started, it, it started way back with six feet under it, you know, that show really put those actors on the map. And I think HBO is onto something. If the writing's there, if you have a great showrunner, like this one is like Tim Van Patten as the director who's done Sopranos and a bunch of all their other properties. I think then you go to cast people that are unknowns or relatively unknown and try to make a name for him in this show. Um, and let me tell you, Chris, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to give anything away. Um, but this show is a straight-up crime show, old-school Perry Mason show. Um, if you love, if you love character actors, which I think you do, and you love set design and feeling like you're back in like the 30s and 40s, um, buckle up for this show. It's great it brings you right it brings you to this time and it kind of like takes you away it's an old school detective show but it's hbo so remember there's a lot of gore in there they get mm-hmm. they get right into it they're not scared to like show you everything but i don't know man it's kind of a great show um yeah so check it out for and if and if you're into acting and stuff like that and you're into just i don't know it, it's really good uh, one of my favorite uh shea wiggum he oh played- yeah Ducky Thompson's brother, and he's played yep. everything else. Um, he's just that guy at this point. He just always shows up, and you're like, I love that guy so much. <laughs> he's kind of like the second lead in the show, and he is phenomenal in this show. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm smelling like Emmys on this one. Like he Whoa. is giving it all, and uh, he's the standout for me. Um, yeah, the guy that plays Perry Mason. Uh, what I Matthew, really appreciate, uh, Rise Reese. Rise, yeah, yeah, whatever how you say it. Um, he plays it great as like, you know, the deadpan film noir detective. And he's just, mm-hmm. it's, there's an, there's enough twist to make it not totally just like cliche, but um, right. Yeah. So Chris, Chris, check it out. You, are you watching anything new, anything uh, going on? Well, interestingly enough. Um, so the wife and I are uh, making our way through Peaky Blinders. Oh. Uh it's a show that I, I started and then stopped. Really not – I didn't stop it for any reason in particular. I just stopped. Um, yeah. So we're, we're making our way through that, uh, which is awesome because I, I, I'm loving everything. I have to – it's a show you have to watch with subtitles uh, because yeah. you can't, can't understand a word anybody's saying. But um, it's fantastic. Also, uh, we're watching this – this also on HBO, uh, this docu-series called uh, I'll Be Gone in the in – the, in the dark, I think it's called. I'll be gone in the night. It's about um, uh, Patton Oswalt's former wife, who sadly passed away. Who oh. was this like true crime 
um, like amateur detective in a way. And she actually cracked like major murder cases in California. Um, I think one of them was like the Golden State Killer or something like that. And, uh, and who just got convicted, you know, basically. And uh, it kind of tracks her like tracking down all this information and, and investigating these cold cases and things like that. It's really good. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. But yeah, on Perry Mason though, this is a show that, you know, when you say Perry Mason, that, that was like an old TV show that my grandparents watched oh, back yeah. in the fifties. So when they, when I heard that they were bringing it back to HBO, I was like, Perry Mason, like what? But then I heard that Robert Downey Jr. is actually behind it. Uh, like he's yeah. one of the producers and I'm looking at this cast list, and Ben, you're 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 right, man. This is a ridiculous cast oh. list. I mean, Chris Chalk, who uh, he plays a, 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 a Paul Drake, one of the cops on. He's one of my favorite theater actors today. Oh. And he was um, in uh, he was in uh, Homeland. He was Homeland, he was yep. so great in Homeland. He was so <laughs> awesome in that show. <laughs> I mean, you've got Jefferson Mays in this thing. Robert Patrick's is in this. Oh my God, Stephen oh, yeah. Root. I mean, if you get Stephen Root in something, you're, you know it's going to be quality. Stephen Root is huge. He's a really big part in this show so far. So I'm, I think I'm only three or four in, but my nice. God, it's it's an old school crime court drama. It's it's an adult Law and Order. That's non-episodic, so it's it's a full-on story. That's all I'm gonna say. You know what I mean? All right, I gotta check it out. You've talked me into yeah. it. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know what? As I'm talking to you, it's a high recommendation. How about that? I'm, I'm gonna say high <laughs> you're recommendation. You're changing but, it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, at first I didn't know. Like I'm still processing it. Like at first I didn't know what was going kind of going on, where they were sure. steering us. And as I'm like thinking about it, I, I I'm thinking that it's pretty good. But if you like Boardwalk Empire. And you like Peaky Blinders? Definitely check this out. Nice, definitely will, definitely will. Um, all right, man, good stuff. All right, so moving on to my number two this week. Um, Ben, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Princess Bride. Uh, okay. That's like hands down. It's I've seen it probably at least a hundred times. Um, and it's it's one of those movies where if I turn it on cable, wherever it is in the movie, I'm 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 usually in. So, um, what I found out interesting. Have you heard of this this app called Quibi? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like this this new app. Uh, this is a kind of a, a technically a streaming service, but it's like ten minute short shows, basically. And they've got all this this material on there. Um, and Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, came up with this amazing idea of basically having um all these famous people do a like at home D DIY remake of Princess Bride. Um, so they started releasing these like, uh, chapters basically of actors like Jack Black and John Hamm and Patton Oswalt and Diego Luna and, um, Sophie Turner, like all these actors that are doing like these quick scenes, word for word, shot for shot remake of the princess bride and Jason Ryman like edited the whole thing together. So you can literally watch both movies side by side. Uh, <laughs> it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh, they've already publicly released some of the clips on things like YouTube and stuff like that, so you can actually watch it, uh, some of it. But the whole thing is on Quibi. Um, so, I, you know, for anybody who's out there that really wants to see it, I would just recommend paying the four ninety nine monthly fee then canceling right after if you don't want it. But um, it's fantastic. It also is the, all the proceeds uh, for this are going to charity for food banks and things like that, which is awesome too. But um, it, you're watching this and you're just like, what was that term? You ever see that movie Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black? Yeah. What was that? Is it, is it sweeted that you, it's like when you take, like, you know, you try to remake a movie, but with like really terrible, like low production value and things. I think is that so. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what they're doing in Princess Bride. That's that's nice. like so. Um, if you are a lover of Princess Bride, if you love everything about that movie, um, this is a must watch. It's required viewing because again, you're just watching. I mean, huge actors like like the rapper Commons in it. Shaq does a scene. I think Shaq plays Andre the Giant in one of these things. Um, it's fantastic. So there you go. There you go. Ben, what are your ben, thoughts on Princess Bride? Oh, stop it. Stop it. What are my thoughts? It's great. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were bringing it up because they're uh, – I heard they're remaking it. That that Well, that was the – there was news that – they were thinking about doing like an, an actual remake or sequel or something like that. And I think because of COVID-19 and everything else going on and how I think a lot of people were like, don't you dare do that. Um, they, they didn't 
that they decide not to do it. I think this is what they're like, basically people are doing instead is, is this like, you know, DIY remake, so to speak. Oh, well, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I could see maybe they can remake it with the actual script and the original cast with, could they do that (laughs) and just redo the sets? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's my only nitpick of the whole movie. I I just got to put that out there. I mean, I love the movie. I mean, but honestly, Chris, I'm a theater guy. But I just watched Hamilton, right, on uh, yeah. Disney. There you and go. Great camera movement. And it's all on a stage with just, like, the backdrop back there. Uh, I wish The Princess Bride was just shot like that because uh, s- some of the sets are uh, kind of hard to watch, just kind of hard to look at, just not going to lie. You George Lucas, uh, you know, remaking, so to speak. I, I think so. You know what I mean? I hated the touches on, you know, Empire Strikes Back or Jedi or something. But, you know, I think that movie could deal with a little Lucas touch-up. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, this, the the first sword fight of Enigma and Toya and the Masked uh, Man, I think, or the Dread Pirate Roberts, Roberts uh, you know, great sword fight. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the cast is great. Choreography is great. But, oof, that set... <laughs> I mean, Chris, I was on set crew for a while. I swear I built better sets. <laughs> I love it. I, I swear I could do that. Uh, am I totally off? Am I totally off on this one? No, I think I think you're there. I think they probably spent their budget in other places. Uh, <laughs> it's a big movie. <laughs> Some Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant beer. They're, I mean, like, oh my god, he's drinking the whole set. Stop, stop <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that. You know the score. I mean, at one point you see these guys playing, like trumpeting in this this tune, and it's very clearly like trumpets on a keyboard sound. Uh, where it's like it's not they're not actually real trumpets playing. It's like wait, really? Like we're doing we're doing synthesizer trumpet sounds? Okay, all right, why yeah. not? Um, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> the good news is it doesn't take away from the performances. There you go. No, so. I mean, so in this age of how about this? You know how we get into like the whole deep fake thing? You know yes. what I mean? Like we can just put like Tom Brady and Julian Ed- Edelman's face on the top of Goodwill Hunting or something like that. Um, why can't we just do that with the original cast onto maybe some new bodies on a good set or CGI the performances into a new set or like a CGI kind of thing? Well, valid point. Valid point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's that's what I'm, I will hope for. I don't think we need a full remake. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Good stuff, man. All right, what's your number three this week? All right, number three. Um, I uh, let's 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 break it down. We we got to talk about some real news, okay? I had my girl Lynette with me last week. We had to kind of talk about current events and stuff like that. But uh, I want to bring it to entertainment, Chris. Okay. So uh, in the midst of this crazy, crazy pandemic, uh, everywhere, all the states are still exploding everywhere in the South. I mean. Big ups to New England and New York. What? what? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Disney World opened, <laughs> opened their doors. Oh yeah. Uh, Chris, hot, <laughs> not ready for a hot take. Uh, are you uh, ready to bring your family to Disney World? <laughs> you know, it's interesting you bring this up. Um, oh, yeah. Here it is. We're going next week. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Wouldn't miss this for the world. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I got to send you some articles. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually, we originally were planning on going um, back during New Year's. We we're going to actually go down there over New Year's. Um, and uh, sadly, that trip got postponed for other reasons. But we, we before the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, we're going to go next fall. We're going to go for Halloween. Right. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I've never gone Halloween. That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, they do this. They do all these things for Halloween. So we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's forget New Year's. Let's just go for Halloween and everything will be fine. And then the pandemic hit. And I got to be honest with you. There is not a single ride at Disney that is worth getting COVID-19 for. There's no (laughs) experience at Disney. I don't want to sound like a snob, but I've been I've been there three times, four times in the past 15 years. Okay. okay. So, which is, which okay. is a lot for Disney. That's quite a bit for 15 some, years. Yeah. Some right. lives up north too. So um, I don't need to, I don't need to, it's not one of those things where it's like, holy shit, I got to go ride on this new guardians of the galaxy thing. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, it, it, I don't get it. And I understand that, that a lot of people out there are like, well, you know, when it comes to mental health, some of us need to pick me up and blah, blah, blah. And Disney's that. I'm like, look, that's fine and dandy. But, it, you know, you again, like, really? Like, you need to go to Disney to, to feel good? Yeah, these people. I don't get it. And I feel terrible for the people that have to work there. I know I, I get that, like, you know, obviously people need jobs and, you know, have to make a living and things like that. I get that. But um, you you look at how, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of all these Facebook Disney groups because both for you know personal viewing, but also like I post a lot of onstage blogs content in there. Right. And everybody who's gone to the parks has posted videos of, things that they saw and you're seeing like oh the social distancing line thing that's not happening <laughs> like people are just oh. back to back um oh. <laughs> like um the, the the poor performers that like are in the parade like the people that are like jasmine and aladdin the ones that don't get to wear like big costumes they don't have a mask on like disney won't let those people wear masks so like when snow white has to do her like you know autograph signings or something like that like she doesn't get to have a mask on um, so uh, it's uh. like, what are we doing? And I understand that Disney lost a billion. I think they lost $1.2 billion right. uh, in the past three months. Like that's huge. So I get that they, from a financial standpoint that they, they need to do something, but it's Disney. Like they, they, they're making money in so many different areas. Like the, I actually read before long, a couple years ago that like their, their smallest revenue generator is the parks so it's like what are we doing what are we and like i i just if you're a parent if you're a parent that is like willingly bringing your kids there um you, you got to get your head checked i don't i don't i don't get it especially I, in, yeah. especially in florida like hong kong had like the smallest uptick in covid19 and they shut the park down immediately the right. smallest uptick right yeah, they had this uptick in like Japan. They they started slowing down like baseball stuff too. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just, it's like I I just now what is that? Like all right, Chris, let's let's break this down. Like we're, we're all right. So we're we're up here in New England and New York and stuff, but uh, we're American still, right? Yeah. We got that uh that kind of rebel spirit in in us. Is is that what it is? Is like the rest of the world is telling us to do something. We're not going to do it because we're Americans. Is that is I don't. I don't feel like I have to rage against that machine. <laughs> I, I think it's I, I think it's stupidity. I think it's I think it's people not believing facts when they're when they're presented to them and saying like this is the this is the truth. No, it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like, think, and yeah, like like when Zach De La Rocha says, you know, "F you, I won't do what you tell me." I don't believe he was talking about health and safety. I don't think he was talking about <laughs> washing your hands. He's like, oh, shit, I hate washing my hands. Here we go. You know, it reminds me. There was, like, a video that came out, like, or there was, like, an article that came out, like, a couple of years ago that Paul Ryan loves Rage Against the Machine. It's like, yeah, all right, that, Paul that Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, guy, you ever listen to, like, any of the lyrics, like, whatsoever? Like, they stand for everything you're not. Like, everything that you are, they stand for. It's like... Well, it was like that... <laughs> did you see that YouTube video of, um, I guess it was, like, Republican youth getting angry about Rage Against the Machine? Like, they're, like... They're, or, like, Rage Against the Machine fans that were conservative were, like, oh, God, they don't like Trump? Boo. I'm like, really? You're just really... Like, That's a shock to you guys? Like, you weren't listening to... You guys yeah. are listening to a much different songs than we were. Apparently, I don't. I yeah. mean, like, and like, there's a yeah, there's a great video by Poly Polyphonic is the name of the YouTube channel, and he talks about how uh, in media sometimes the message is lost with the way you deliver it, and so right. I just I just think people hear the loud guitars. I just I think they just turn it up in their cars. They're like, yeah, and they get angry about some something like, yeah, I'm not wearing a mask today. And they just, just crank rage against the machine in their car. I don't know what's going on. Like, and so, I, I don't know. I talk to a lot of people for my job. You know what I mean? Like, as far as staff and as far as, you know, people I work with. And I, I still haven't come across anyone. And now, listen, I, I am kind of uh, insulated because I'm just, uh, you know, I've traveled to New England and up here. I guess, uh, so give me like three or four states. But in those three or four states, you know, people might come up to me and say like, Oh, I'm sick of these masks, bro. And I'm like, yeah, me too. 
you know, but it's not like we're going to take them off and run through the streets. <laughs> like, it's like, a, yeah, you know, but we got to do it. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we got to do it. it that's well, the sentiment. You know what I mean? I haven't right. run into anyone that's like, could you imagine now, Chris, you said these poor workers at this park. Imagine you're working at this park. Right. And everyone's wearing masks. And you're like, all right, like nine, nine out of ten people, you know, they're fine. And then you get the one customer that's like, I paid a thousand dollars for today. You can't tell me what to do. And gets up in Snow White's face or something like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, can can you imagine like telling your friends like, oh uh, yeah, I got, I got COVID nineteen. I'm about to die because I went on the teacup ride. Like that. Like, is the teacup ride worth? dying for i don't get it and it's like if 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 disney world was in idaho i'd probably feel different i'd probably be like okay it's idaho like it's not really they're not having like the spike but florida the same day that they had fifteen thousand new cases of covid19 and disney world's open and it's like i i can't can't do I, it. I don't get it. I, I don't I haven't, get that decision. Like I don't even I, get like the no, optics on that corporate decision. I, I haven't seen an argument yet that I'm like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> like, no, doesn't. I mean, the only one that I could see making sense is if like if you already have it and you're about to die and this is a, your last wish. If okay, I, that, maybe that's like that's the only reason why they have the park open is right. to have Space Mountain open. Have it for that that guy. He gets to come into the park. Make a wish yet. Ride a a couple rides and then get get the hell out. Um, It's like, God. Well, you know, it's it's funny you bring this up because this wasn't going to be one of my stories, but, uh, you know, we're starting to see theaters, actual regional theaters that are now dropping their equity, actors' equity status so that they can reopen and not have to adhere to the union's safety protocols did uh, you see this no <laughs> so like dinner theaters in florida and new jersey and virginia are like you know what actors equity we don't we we can't wait around for you guys to like approve our safety protocols so we're just going to drop our equity status we're not going to be an equity theater anymore and we're just going to go ahead and do our own thing um and they've already opened up they're already doing performances there's a really silly looking photo that's being circulated around of one of these theaters out in um um i think it's i think it's florida um with the performers or it's indiana excuse me um literally wearing face masks like those clear face shields so to speak yeah and singing and it's like wait wait they're mic'd so how does that even sound <laughs> like, i mean like, yeah, hell of a reverb hell of a reverb right exactly and but like that's what they're doing and, and there's a concern out there that a lot of these theaters are going to start doing the same thing because they apparently just need to open up again but again it's like imagine Telling your friends and family, I got COVID-19 because I went to a dinner theater production of Grease. Like, how stupid does that sound when you say that out loud? You have to go to that production of Grease at that dinner theater in Florida or on the Jersey Shore. It just doesn't make sense. And so... Like, like, like yeah. Chris, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, we've, we've spoken off the air, and I, I've told you, you're like, oh, you know, I've seen you and Katie and Deacon, like, out hiking and stuff like that and fishing and stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. and you know, and and this was pretty early on, but you know, we definitely have less people up here in Connecticut. We are blessed to live up here. And then Connecticut started opening and everything started slowly going and you know, things are great. I've been getting a little braver. We just went out to dinner tonight, outdoor seating, of course, you know what I mean? Like there's a couple places with great big porches. We wear the masks through the restaurant and then we just go to our seat. It's, it's great. You know what I mean? It's great. And you know, I check the tracker every day up here in New York State, which you can track by region. Uh, Connecticut has one too. You can check your county and stuff. It's great. Oh, it's okay. yeah. it's it's absolutely great. And I just don't, I don't get the logic when you hear these terrible stories, like how this disease has like after effects. Like mm-hmm. some people like have brain fogs, and some oh, people like. Geez. There's athletes that can't get their miles back up, like runners and stuff. Like I just heard that. Like, um, <sighs> what uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, the guy from CNN, right? Yes, Chris. Yeah. Yep. Um, he was, you know, he had it and he quarantined and he was like, I, I was very lucky. I had a mild case. I'm back on air. But you know, he he spoke on the air about how people have reached out to him, like emailed them, like just saying, hey, can you just 
keep telling your story because I'm still messed up months later after from this thing. It's no mm. joke. It's just, it's not a joke. And like people don't believe it. I I, I don't know, Chris. Well, I, you know, just, my wife asked me the other night, she's like, what, what do you think it's going to take for, for this stupidity to stop? And I, uh, and I very, very quickly and very darkly said, I was like, they, they need their friends and family to die of this thing yeah. for them to believe it. I think a lot of these people that are doubting this, this, the facts and everything haven't been personally impacted by it yet. Um, or, or seen the, the true like awfulness of this disease and are going to need to have their friends and family die from it for them to believe it. And I think that's a very sad, horrific thing to say, but it's the truth. I mean, you, you got these people, you see it, the, all these videos on the news of people being like, you know, <laughs> It's like those those people that used to not believe in UFOs. Like I'm not gonna believe in UFOs and blah blah. They they react the same way to <laughs> COVID. Like it's just it's ridiculous. It's it's like people getting in line for the what's the the Mr. Show with Bob and David the soul shattering right. roller coaster. It's like why? Yeah. Are you gonna, why I ain't afraid of no roller coaster. I ain't afraid of no roller coaster. <laughs> like why are you getting back in line? Uh, it's totally that sketch. <laughs> It's, it just reinforces our beliefs. I think you and I both agree the greatest show of all time. That's like, there's so many profound things that still make, oh my God, just, oh my God. It's, it. You know what? There's a lot of sketches on this show that have to do with mass hysteria when there's just a lot of people like, um, like the sketch where uh, America can and will and should blow up the moon. <laughs> I love that. And they just all get on the, the board and, and uh, President Guy Whitey Cornbread says all thumbs up. And he's like, let's do this. And it's just like the, like the show just it just resonates. It's so great. I got to I got to crack those back open and start. Yeah. Watching yeah. You know what? Now? Yeah. We got to get off the air because goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Chris, things are reopening in terrible places. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people for my job and like they have, you know, and unfortunately they have family that are living down there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yep. older family. And they're like, what should I do? Do I go down? And I'm like, that's your choice, man. And so in reality, like getting back to a serious tip, that is kind of the, that's, those are the hard decisions that people should be weighing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you have an older family member, uh, do we, do we move them up? What do we do? How do we do this? Those are the things that should be going through your head. Not you know, let's go to, it's a small world after all. Right. That right. shouldn't even be in the conversation. So yeah. Anyway, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, so on a happier note for my number three, yes. um, had a, made a life choice, uh, last week, actually over the weekend, uh, we got a new dog oh. and oh. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. So we got a black lab puppy, three oh. months old. Her name's nice. Abby. She's great. She's very cute. Um, we already have a dog. Uh, we have a 11 year old American right. Eskimo. Uh, right. Maybe. Um, I was about 50% on board with this decision. Uh, my wife, I'm, I've talked about it in this podcast before. So, <laughs> you know, she got diagnosed with cancer back in, you know, around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Right. So she's had a rough year. Um, but she's like, look, I need to have something fun to do. Puppy, a puppy. Puppy, right. And I said to her, I was like, are you playing the cancer card? just to get a dog and she's like yeah i am <laughs> i was like well played so um yeah so we got this dog ben i gotta tell you um yeah it's not bad it, okay it's, it's been fun it's you know my wife said look you're not gonna have to walk it you're not gonna have to cl clean up after it it's my dog i'm gonna take care of it like like she's this is my like wife kids talking to yeah parents. she like she explained to me like she was like 11 and she's she like i'm gonna do everything you don't have to do anything it's my dog i'll take care of it. i was like all right i'm gonna hold you to that so like literally when the dog and, and actually she's done a great job training it so far like we're i'd say we're about 50 percent potty trained almost okay. uh, it's only been about four or five days um but when when the dog does have an accident i just i just sit there and let it sit there i'm like hey and i look at my wife i'm like the dog peed on the floor you gotta clean it up so i'm holding i'm definitely holding my wife to her her promises good, good for you bro um but my kid loves it he's having a great time um right. you know my my son 
uh, with an older dog can't really wrestle with that dog so much and, right. and run around. So uh, he's, he's having a blast. Ben, um, are you a dog person? I mean, I don't think you don't have a dog right now, right? I, I'm not... We don't, we don't have a right. dog. Okay. And uh, we, we do a lot of traveling between here, Connecticut, Massachusetts. So it would be kind of negligent to get a dog mm -hmm. um, unless the dog is a good traveler and a smaller one that you can kind of just hold and run everywhere. Um, but I don't, we, you know, I do have a six-year-old, so the, the dog conversation does come up quite a bit, quite a <laughs> bit. Like, like you'll be sitting there and I don't care what movie it is. could be any movie. Like it could be like a sci-fi movie, a kid's movie, whatever it is. A dog pops up. Deacon will go, Hey dad. I'd be like, what? You know what my favorite kind of pet is? <laughs> And I'll be like a cat. And he'd be like, no, it's a dog. And I'd be like, oh, yeah? When are we going to get a dog? And I'd be like, uh, soon, bud. And that's just a total lie, just a straight-up lie, like a bold-faced lie out of my mouth. Mm. And so, I mean, at this point, no dogs. But, you know, when – I'm going to put a big when in front of this sentence. When we go back to lockdown, I think more people are going to buy dogs. And yeah. I can see a dog in my future. I really can. Because, you know, we're walking a ton. That's really all you can do is just go out for walks. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it would be kind of cool to get a dog again. So I had a dog a while ago. But I don't know. I do get the urge. But then we're just traveling all the time. So it would kind of yeah. be like you'd have to board it. And yeah, that's never good, you know. Well, I'll, I'll say this. What's interesting is um, because of the pandemic and everything going on, a lot of these shelters like the ASPCA and things like that are actually waiving a lot of their application processes um, or processes um, to usually get a dog. So they're like, you know, they typically do, would do like a home inspection or an interview and things like that because of the pandemic. They're just like, screw it, fill out the application, pay the fee. Yep. You, got, you got a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I think they, I don't know if they have a surplus of these dogs right now, but they definitely want to get rid of them. Um, so, Folks, if you're listening to this and you're you're on the fence about getting a dog, um, especially adopting one, uh, now's the time. There's never been a better time. I mean, literally, I remember like 10 years ago, we got rejected by the SPCA to, to an adopt a dog because both of us were working and things like that. Well, and, and your guys' extensive criminal backgrounds. <laughs> that too. That too, obviously. Right. Um, hey, all those banks. You guys did armor cars and banks in the same day. That's I funny. mean, you know, I... <laughs> I swear, I would not. You know, it's one last job, but uh, you still have you still have the nun outfits, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, like, it, and this time around, it was just like, yeah, five hundred dollars. You fill out this application, it's yours. And I was like, this could be either really good or really reckless. We'll see. But yeah, um, yeah. Again, folks, if you're on the fence about getting a dog, now's the time. Do it. Now so. is the time. We're gonna be restuck back in. Even these states up here that are doing good, we're. I, I just have a yeah. feeling we're gonna. Where the kids are gonna go back to school for a couple weeks, and then here we are again, podcasting again. with each other. Second wave. Here we go. Yeah. Um, Ben, that's gonna do it for me. But what else did you have this week? I got. Else? You know what? I just got a couple really quick ones. Hit me. Um, I checked out the new movie Palm Springs with Andy yeah. Samuel. How was um, that? I, I've seen the trailer. Uh, it was cute. It was funny. Good laugh. Uh, definitely worth a, like a, a watch. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, do you know the premise at all, Chris? It's like Groundhog's Day, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And okay. it's really interesting to see another movie tackle that same premise. Mm -hmm. Groundhog Day is definitely a movie that uh, made a genre in itself. You know what I mean? And kind of broke the mold with itself. So... It's hard to watch the movie without comparing it to that, but they did a really good job. It's the Lonely Island guys with Andy Samberg doing it, and a lot of the same. If you love those guys, um, if you love the Lonely Island, you'll like this movie. There's a lot of okay. like uh, humor that is, uh, it's it's funny, it's childish, but then there's like some really messed up stuff that happens. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. So I'm gonna give that one like a watch. You know, it's on cool. Hulu. Check it out. Good one. Right, so that was my quick one, but um, but let's go YouTube and Chris because I got a story about YouTube and. Go ahead. Lead us off. All right, bro. So a couple ones. Um, there's this one guy. Okay, I'm going to kill it. Uh, Keon Kimura. Uh, he does YouTube or UFC videos about um, – and some of their videos are called How Good Was Herb Dean, actually. That's the name of this video. It's 10 minutes. So Herb Dean, the uh, UFC referee, the guy with the big dreads, the big guy, um, he was an actual fighter before he became a UFC announcer our uh, referee. So he goes through his like short career. It's really awesome. 
And he has a bunch. I, I can recommend this guy's page because he goes through every fighter. He goes, like, how good was Ken Shamrock? How good was Tito Ortiz? He goes through their whole career and, like, and Michael Bisbane, all the guys that I like. Uh, he goes through their UFC careers. Really cool. Um, and then um, Weird History is a page on YouTube. He uh, has a video called The Petty Feud Between Guns N' Roses versus Nirvana. <laughs> 13 minutes long. Fabulous <laughs> video. Just just fabulous. Uh, but the long one I want to get into, Chris, um, I brought him up on the podcast before. Polyphonic is the name of the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And, Chris, I want you to check out this uh, video. It's 12 minutes long. Cannonball Adderley. That's the name of the, the artist. And The Joy of Jazz. That's the name of this video. Mm. Um, so... Uh, Polyphonic is a great YouTube channel where he gets into diving into um, picking apart music and why it's good, why certain songs sound the way they do, how people made music. Uh, This one was great. And so, Chris, I want to just break this down. I don't know about you during this whole pandemic thing, but I've been getting streaming services, then canceling them, you know, getting, getting, buying some movies and then just renting them. But I really 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 my best purchase before this and i think i got it right before we got locked in was spotify Mm. i love spotify so much and there's something about watching like a youtube video like this one and then going right onto spotify and checking out the album that he's talking about Mm. it Mm -hmm. is awesome chris you have spotify right of course of course awesome what um what are you listening to right now i'm really curious I mean, I'm I'm deep into podcasts on okay. Spotify. Um, that's that's a big one uh, for me. I, I'm I'm listening to one called Black Wall Street right now, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. If you ever seen Watchmen, you know the first episode with the the massacre in Tulsa. Yeah, this is a podcast about that, and it's um, it's fantastic. It's really detailed, uh, multi part series. Um, so yeah, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. But you know the cool thing. I mean, you just nailed it. I mean, the cool thing is like if you have a craving. For you know what, I want to listen to you know a Billy Joel album, or I want to listen to Huey Lewis the News, which is what I did the other day. Um, You can pull up like sports and just listen to the entire thing. Um, It's it's it pays its weight in gold. It honestly does. So I love it. Yeah, it's it's great. And uh, this YouTube video, the Cannonball Adderley YouTube video by Polyphonic, is great. And then the album that he's talking about on the video is called swinging in seattle live at the penthouse 1966 to 1967 um and it just came out this year january of this year album by cannonball adderley so cannonball adderley was a tenor sax player he died at 46 all these guys died like (laughs) freaking wicked young like john coltrane died at 42 but he still released like three albums last year i don't get it um but uh cannonball adderley is tenor sax and his brother nat played i believe trumpet with him um and this album is really cool. It's taken from the live tapes from a radio show. Um, so check this out. So in the Seattle area, they played live at this place called the Penthouse, which is just a club somewhere. And the radio station would broadcast out live from the club with the announcer saying something. And then Cannonball would get on the mic and say something. And they would like encourage people to come to their jazz bar to watch them play live on the air. And there's something about it that's so old school. It's something that we don't do anymore because, you know, regional radio kind of went out the window with the Internet and everything. Um, But listen to this album, watch the video and then listen to this album. And it is so cool to hear like his voice. They intro the songs here and there. And it's something just so raw from the past. It's, It's got a little old time radio in it and it's got great music. High, high, high. It's my highest recommendation of the podcast this week i can't stop listening to this album and this video is great and i've watched the video two times just kind of get the full story in my head and it just it's a companion piece like when i get records i love reading the liner notes because you hear about the artists and what was going on this is just pure joy for me and and if you've never you've been on the sidelines of jazz you're just kind of getting into it this one's a good intro because then you get like kind of little talking points and figure out like why it's so good. So Chris, that's my highest recommendation for you and the people out there. Love it. Love it. Well, for me, I mean, YouTube in this week, uh, Ben, have you seen Jada Pinkett Smith's red table talks on YouTube? Uh, yeah. You recommended one of them a a while ago, right? A while ago. Um, look, here's the thing. Uh, she's, she's off the reservation. 
yeah. now with these things. They've they've gone in so many different directions. But I love it because now you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, should I be watching this? Like I feel like I'm in the room and it's an awkward conversation. Like I'm too much information is being thrown around. And it's like, should I be listening to this? Should I be watching this? And yet you can't stop. So last week they did this one with Will Smith where they basically talked about how um, they separated for a time. Uh, right. Didn't tell anybody, but they separated. And and Jada Pinkett Smith went off and had a relationship with another man. And oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, all right. I'm I'm looking at some of the videos. Like, uh, puts her in his place. Puts her in her place. And st- what is going yep. on? <laughs> it's it's just out of control. And the memes that are coming out of this thing, where like you're looking at Will Smith's face when he finds out that his wife had an affair, um, <laughs> is like, and then they try to play it off like he knew. And actually gave her permission to do. I'm like, no, you didn't give permission for nothing. Um, no way. No phenomenal. way. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know how it is. Like, you feel like you know. Remember, like when you and I would be like a like a party at yeah. like, cottages or something like yeah. that, and one of our our couple of friends would get into a fight with us in the room, and all we wanted to do was get the fuck out of that room. Right. That's that's basically this. It's like <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> But I can't. I can't stop watching. But I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be hearing the things that are being said here. I know too much. But I can't stop. So if anybody likes that type of deal, like they they thrive in that environment, um, then you're gonna love these red table talks. But yeah, for me, it's like it's a no go. I can't. I can't do it. So, wow. Yeah. What is going? Wait. Meaning? Wait. You weren't able to watch the whole thing. I, I I had to take a break. I had to, like I, I paused it. I was like, I gotta walk I gotta around the room. This. I gotta. I, you know what, Chris? I think, I, you know what? Maybe this is where this podcast is going. You know, podcast should evolve with the time. Are should we have led with YouTubing this week? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> my God! Like I mean, my God! Like what is going? On? I'm looking at these reactions. There's reactions. This video right here has. Close to a million views in three days. Like yeah. it's, it's super crazy. <laughs> and and you know you watch it, you're like, you, you look at the reaction, and you're just like, they knew that this was gonna get the. Yeah, you is know, this all? You did. know what? You know. Listen, all right. The Smiths, they'll do anything to mm-hmm. sell their new shitty movies, dude. Like they have not made good movies in a while. What was, what's the movie with him and his kid, and they find the second Earth or what? Oh, After Earth or something like that. <laughs> it was so. so terrible. They'll do any, they'll do anything. It's terrible. And like uh, the, oh, it's so bad. And you just listen. I listen. <laughs> major Will Stock Smith or Will Smith stock in the nineties. You know what I mean? Just major. Right. You know what I mean? I'm all in. Like Independence Day, Fresh Prince, freaking great. And it's just I don't know, man. It like. I'm gonna say ever since Wild Wild West, suspect. Just suspect calls. <laughs> Like I'm reading this great tweet, someone like he's just Smith now. He lost his will, <laughs> and it just has that screenshot of his face. Um, it's just it's priceless. It's it's given us some priceless memes. So Chris, Chris, let's break this down. Okay, ready, Please. ready for this. Okay, Will Smith or Nicholas Cage? Okay, hear me out. You just got a, a run of the mill Will Smith, run of the mill Will Smith movie coming out, or run of the mill Nicholas Cage movie. Which one do you think is going to be better, and which one are you going to go see more than likely? Oh, Nicolas Cage. Me too. All like, hundred percent. Like hundred. You know why? You know why? Because Nicolas Cage doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> he doesn't care yeah. what you think anymore. Will Smith is still has an image that he tries to, you know, protect in a way. I so, yeah. Will Smith isn't going to go like, and do Mandy. You know, like yeah, Nicolas right. Cage. Like I hate when I'm feeling like I feel like I'm being manipulated. I hate when I'm feeling like. Oh, well, we got to get this demo. All right, we got the 40 year old white guy demographic. We got to get the 18 year old uh, female demographic from the Midwest. And then we got to get this demo and the, oh, it's going to play yep. overseas. So we got to get the Asian demo. So we'll, let's put this little joke in. Let's put, uh, let, oh, let's not be too racy. Let's make a PG. Th- I hate that so much. Hey. Where Nicolas Cage screaming in his underwear, drinking a full bottle of vodka and Mandy. I mean, I'm they're honest. not trying to please anyone. <laughs> 
Let's put it's Nicolas Cage on a boat with assassins and circus animals. I'm yeah. in. All right, let's go. I'm in. They're not trying. <laughs> they're not. It's barely a movie. And they're I mean, just putting it out there. We, we talked about it. Nicolas Cage is doing a movie where he is playing Nicolas Cage. Like he's doing himself. <laughs> and there's no other actor on the planet that I would want to see do that. I mean, we, we kind of got it with Malkovich already. Right. So obviously the next step is Nicolas Cage, but Ben, I mean, you, you we're talking about the cage here. I mean, right. I wasn't going to do this tonight, but let's just, I'm just going to peek at his IMDb right now. Oh, let's do it, bro. Wait, were you just saying with the Malkovich, were you meaning like they're going to come out with a sequel called being Nicolas Cage? <laughs> they're, they're doing one where I don't know what the actual title of the movie is. Oh, um, is it this one? No. Um, but he's literally, he's oh. playing a, a version of himself. Yeah. Yeah. in a Tarantino movie, right? I remember you yep. read that one. I remember you read that one. I think that's where we left off on IMDb. Okay. All right. Now so, I want to know, I want to know if the pandemic has slowed the rage cage down a little bit. I mean, there's not, there's not the new, we're not getting the new ones, but like, so, uh, as, so as crazy as Nicholas Cage is, he's still not going to Disney world to film a movie. No, that's too extreme for Nicholas. Wow. Cage. That shows you something that the rest of America is more extreme than Nicolas Cage right now. I mean, we still we still have him so far leading as you know, playing Joe Exotic, uh, <laughs> in the Joe Exotic miniseries, which I'm fine with. I'm um, totally fine. I'm a thousand percent fine with that. You know, he's doing a movie called I I don't know if I mentioned this, but um, oh good lord, uh, Ten Double Zero is it? It's called. Don't know um, this one. Don't know. Okay, this all right, one? here you go. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you. So Detective Damon Reeves is infamous for crossing the line when he has to. After several fellow officers are killed in a brazen public shootout with bank robbers, Reeves and his partner, Detective Angela Laveau, Laveau, set out on a personal vendetta to hunt down the cop killers. As they get closer to solving the crime, they soon find themselves the targets of conspiracy in the ranks of the police force as the investigation leads right back to them. Wow, timely stuff. Yeah, um, but he stars in it with nobody. Wait, nobody stuff. Wait, wait, timely stuff. Wait, do you mean making a movie during Black Lives Matter and defund the police about cops killing a bunch of people? That's that's very timely. I guess that's timely. I I mean, headline grabbing. Yeah, that's he's, very sensitive. That's very he's, sensitive. He's star. He's, the film is being directed by uh, the legendary Christian Sesma, who's done movies like The Night Crew or AWOL 72 or TV series called Vigilante Diaries. So there you go. Um, He's also doing a movie called Pig, uh, which is about a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness and must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she's kidnapped. So he's it's like John Wick, but with a pig. I'm in. <laughs> I, I don't know Lord. what to say. That I'm I'm all in on both those. Good lord! It's got three writers attached to it too. <laughs> how much how much writing does that movie need? I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, they, maybe one of them was brought in to you know punch up the script or something, but. Um, and then of course we're getting Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is about yeah. A notorious criminal who must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who's mysteriously disappeared. Still all, so. in. Still all in on that one. Oh, oh my God. That's going to reunite him with Nick Cassavetes, though. Uh, <laughs> from Face Off. Nice. I'm in. All I'm right. in. Okay. Director of the, the Notebook and Nicolas Cage in the same movie. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. So the Cage is, is – is, I feel like he's dormant right now. Like he's just – any minute now, we're going to get like seven new credits on IMDb. So, uh, you know, he's gonna, just screaming into an iPhone in his house, and then they're just going to use that footage and then just make a movie out of it. Yep. Yep. So, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Ben, this was great, man. Anything you want to close out the show with? That's it, man. Freaking uh, definitely check out Cannonball Adderley's album. Came out this year. Get into that album. It's so good, Chris. I can't stop listening to it. Nice. Rock and roll. Keep listening to awesome music on Spotify. That's all I got to say. 
There you go. And folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, where we actually have a brand new podcast called Definitive Cinema, which Ben is going to be on at some point. Yeah. We've got to get you on there, talking about the definitive examples of whether it's an actor, genre, plot, director, whatever it is. Ben, I gotta, I'm got i going to tease you with what we're doing this week uh, yeah. on this episode. We're, we're going to do what is a definitive one last job movie? Oh, just like I'm getting too old for this shit movie. Yeah, like I, uh, are you son of a bitch? I said I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah, but all right, last one last, time. one last run. Let's go. I mean, John Wick is pretty the ultimate one last. I mean, he's retired. The Boba Yaga, he retired. You know, that's pretty, yep. good. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. One, one last time. Wait, hold on. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm gonna think of it off the top of my head. Uh, just one more time. One more time. I'm out. Like I don't know. The Simpsons made it famous with McBain. Where he's like, I'm going to retire on this boat and to get shot in the chest. I love that so much. Um, Forgot about that. Pain. <laughs> uh, meeting adjourned. Uh, it's the best. Uh, I don't know, Chris. I like, think John Wick. John I think, Wick yeah, one last job. I think we're doing like one last job slash one more case where it's like that grizzled detective where it's like, mm-hmm. after this case, I'm done. I'm, I'm retiring. And, it's, and then it becomes like the case of his career. So, um, Man, yeah. I have to research that one. That. You know, I was going to say, like, just break it off on the air and I'll come up with something. But, man, off the top of my head, I can't do it. It's tough. But that's why I do this podcast. Is that fun? I think there's got to be, like, I think you got to lean towards uh, more crime. Like, Mm -hmm. one one last crime job. They always get the guy, like, they always got their fingerprints on something. And now he's got to do it, or they're gonna do something like to his kid. Almost. Like a heat is a good example of like perfect. And I'm out of here. I'm retiring. Yeah. Right. Oh, you know what? Superfly is a good one. We've talked about Ooh. Superfly on this podcast because he's gonna he's gonna make one million dollars to stick it to the man and get out of the life. There it is. Or if we're talking about Cage, like gone in sixty seconds. Like this is right. it. This is the biggest job of my life. And just Thirty cars. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I gotta watch that movie. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.